Hello, and welcome to Dad Reads, a podcast where a dad, that's me, reads to his son, that's me, while he constantly interrupts. Yep. Enjoy your stay. (laughs) What do I hear when I talk? Yes. You mean when I'm talking like now or when I I hear myself back on video? When you're talking like now. I mean, I hear my voice. It sounds different, yeah. It sounds different in my head than it does when I listen to it back right. on video or, or audio. Uh, well, I guess I don't hear it on on video. <laughs> but yeah, when I hear it back, whether I'm watching a video, yeah. or just listening to audio, I'm gonna try to do my best. But I hear voice, so I guess I think no. You you think that sounds like me? No, oh. I think that no. <laughs> That sounds like me? No, I'm trying to do what I think I sound like. Oh, we'll just talk normally. That's how you sound. Well, I want you to hear what I think I sound like. Oh. I think... I I think that I sound like this. Okay, that's that's pretty different. Can you do a recording? (laughs) I don't... I don't know. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alright, I'm going to get back into the chapter Because I want to read a second chapter tonight And we don't have a whole bunch of time Okay? Okay Alright Chapter 28 A bit of an odd twist Lord Sumner's eyes sparked as his body shook under the strain Yet the funnel of fire didn't slacken as the eye of Odin stole the essence of the world tree, locking it away. However powerful the eye was, the wearer had to be capable of handling it. Lord Sumner looked like he was on overload. Max watched in horror as his father was brought to his knees, sweat streaming down his pained face. Asriel moved to intervene, ready to knock his master away from the swell of the flame. No! Lord Sumner screamed, his voice growing like the ocean tide. It no longer sounded human. Do not interfere! Pulling against his chains, Max felt sure he was about to be devoured in a fiery explosion. If only he could break free somehow. And then, something drew Max's attention from overhead. A small silhouette darted through the firestorm above, and it was coming right at him. A falcon. Its wings were on fire. It was screaming. And then it fell. The bird slammed into the ground, rolling in an explosion of fiery feathers. And then, in a puff of smoke, the bird disappeared completely, only to be replaced by the spiky form of a mischievous fairy. Sprig! Max shouted, looking over his shoulder to see if anyone was watching. Yes, Max Sumner. That is a Sprig has come to free you, she said, batting her eyes against the wave of heat that rolled off the dying world tree. We promise to help you get your revenge, and revenge you shall have. Within seconds, she released Max from his chains. A moment later, a terrible explosion erupted inside the world tree. Max saw his father fall to the ground as the flames burned higher, licking the sky. The spear of Ragnarok was blown out of Ray's hands as he hurled it through as he hurtled through the air, landing with a thud near Max. 
Rising up, he turned to see the guardian had somehow broken free from his chains, and then shook his fist as he saw Sprig, now in the form of a small dragon, race off with the spear in her talons. Ray roared. Lose something? Max asked with a satisfied smile, and blue flame flickered up and down his gauntlet. Though his face throbbed in pain, now free of his chains, this fight was going to get a lot more interesting. With a roar, Max lun- uh, with a roar, Ray lunged after Max, leaping through the air. Max smiled. It's too easy. With a single thought, the skyfire slammed in the Ray's chest, sending him to the ground. Blue skin crackled, and Ray writhed on the ground. Even as the enemies battled, Lord Sumner dropped his weary hands from the world tree and the transfusion of magic was snuffed out. Staggering under the weight of his new power, Lord Sumner moved slowly and the eye of Odin blazed around his neck. He was smiling faintly. A second later, the ground beneath his feet shattered like glass, crumbling into a fiery abyss, taking Lord Sumner with it. Dad! Max cried out, but his father was gone. And so was the werewolf army, which had vanished into another pit. The air felt like a furnace, and ash choked Max's vision. As Max spun around, looking for Ray, he heard a deep, growling hiss vibrate through the fiery fissures that crisscrossed the plain. Max's blood froze in sudden fissures? realization. As in Ray fissures? Different fissures. Still. As Kane Lundgren had warned... Max's father had awakened Malice Stryker, the great dragon, and paid with his life. A bone-shaking roar rang out as a monstrous dragon clawed its way out of the abyss, spreading its wings and blotting out the sky. Wrapped in an impenetrable coat of red scales, the dragon's eyes flashed, volcanic fire dripped from its jaws, and its tails broke upon the ground like an earthquake. Raising its armored head, the beast turned its gaze toward the world, hung- toward the world tree, its eyes widened, its mouth salivated in hunger. With another roar, the monster laid its wings back upon its thorny hide and began to heave its great bulk toward the world tree. Max stumbled backward as his last drop of hope fled. Yet, even as Mala Striker drew near, Max glimpsed a blazing light shoot up from the abyss and hover just behind the great dragon. It was Lord Sumner, the Eye of Odin shining around his neck. Max's father remained there in the sky, watching the dragon as if he were about to make some terrible decision. And then he drew himself close to the beast, hungry hands outstretched toward the unsuspecting dragon. And in his horror, Max realized what his father intended. After having drained unimaginable power from the world tree, Lord Sumner wanted more. Yet even before he could lay a finger on its hide, the great dragon was aware of the threat. And with a rush of jaws, the great dragon snapped at Lord Sumner, who barely evaded the strike. The battle was on. Raising his arms, a barrage of golden flares leapt from Lord Sumner's fingertips and exploded into the armored beast, which shrugged off the attack. Opening its jaws, Mildest Striker unleashed a stream of fire that filled the sky, smashing into Lord Sumner. But when the fire dissipated, Max found his father unharmed and defiant, surrounded by a golden shield of energy. Lord Sumner had indeed become powerful if he could withstand the dragon fire. If he survived the dragon, Max knew there was no force on earth that would be able to stop him. Max found himself wondering whom he wanted to win, the man who had betrayed him or the dragon. Either way, the world would be the loser, 
and Max was powerless to do anything about it. As the two titanic powers waged their battle, the sky was torn and the ground was broken. Rocks were hurled into the air, ice whizzed overhead, and dragonfire rained down from the sky. Taking shelter, Max could see that his father's shield was beginning to falter as the great dragon pressed its attack. For all the power Lord Sumner had stolen from the World Tree, it simply wasn't going to be enough. When he managed to surprise the dragon from behind, unleashing an attack that singed the face of Malice Striker, the beast let out a terrible roar, spread its wings, and launched into the air with the force of a hurricane. Once again, Lord Sumner was on the defensive, fighting for his life as an endless onslaught of dragonfire tore away what remained of his protective shield. Realizing the game was up, Lord Sumner summoned a portal to escape, but no sooner had the rift opened than it was slammed shut. He looked around in confusion and opened three more portals, all closed just as quickly. When he turned, he found the dragon regarding him like a cat playing with a mouse. The beast would not be letting Lord Sumner get away that easy. And then, from the hiding place, in the shadow of a large outcropping of ruined earth, Max felt something tugging at his pant leg. It was Sprig, and at her feet was the Spear of Ragnarok. Sprig is back, Max's bounder offered with a weary smile. And she has brought Max's revenge. Cautiously, Max took up the spear and the codex ring transformed into the gauntlet as Skyfire enveloped the weapon. Wait, so the spear takes the power of something else and can bring about the end of the world, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. That's the same thing the eye of Odin does. Yeah. Weird. Exhilaration swept over Max. He was now holding the one thing that could change the course of the battle. What do I do, Sprig? Max asked, looking back toward the great dragon and his father. Sprig narrowed her eyes. Revenge. She repeated in a hiss. Max's father is the enemy. He is the betrayer, the slayer of Max's friends, and soon the slayer of the world. A chill swept over Max. Despite the horror, he couldn't use the spear against his own father. Could he? But the dragon. The beast will return to its burrow, Sprig assured. You must trust us. A fiery explosion flashed across the sky, and as Max turned, he could see his father fall through the air and crash to the ground, his golden energy barely a flicker. The fight was over. A moment later, Malice Stryker landed nearby to examine the fallen form of Max's father. Curiosity and hunger drove it to bend its head even closer to Lord Sumner until it was within arm's reach. But even as it did, Lord Sumner's eyes shot open. With his last strength, his fingers grasped hold of the dragon. The eye of Odin flared to life and the trap was sprung. Unable to break away, the dragon howled, trapped in a fi fiery transfusion as Max's father stole its power. Now Yet beneath the monster, Lord Sumner was shaking so violently that it looked as if he might explode. The struggle between the eye of Odin and the great dragon might very well tear both combatants apart. While the two fighters were locked in combat, Max knew he had to make a decision. He realized instinctively that he had only one shot with the spear, and it would have to count for the first time in his life. 
Max knew exactly what he should do. Clenching his jaw, Max raised the Spear of Ragnarok and fired. A blast of blue energy rocketed over the battlefield and smashed into the side of the great dragon. A flash of blinding light erupted, followed by a terrible earthquake. Soon, Max could see a shockwave of cobalt fire racing toward him, ripping up everything in its path. Max threw himself into a nearby pit, hanging over the side as the wave crashed overhead and smashed into the world tree, which erupted in an inferno. The great dragon howled and clawed at the ground, belching fire and smoke into the sky. What? Exactly what Dad wanted me to. Yeah, he did. And then, with a terrible whine, it raised its scarred face in one last look at the world tree, which was now beyond its power, and disappeared back down into the pit from which it had crawled. On the ledge, though, lay a small and motionless form, Lord Sumner. Max staggered to his feet and, without thinking, found himself making his way across the devastated landscape toward his father. But even as he drew near, he could see the Eye of Odin lying broken upon the ground. Smoke rose from its surface as sparks of magic leapt into the air. When Max reached the amulet, he could see it begin to shimmer and then dissolve into nothingness, releasing a river of amber energy that was drawn back into the world tree. Exhausted, Max stumbled and fell but not before seeing that the burned-out wreck of the world tree had already repaired itself and was now sending its life force across the plain. Even as Max sat upon the earth, he could see the ash and smoke begin to fade and the holes in the grass begin to mend. The skies cleared, the sun emerged, and swaying grass swept over the ground. With a weary sigh, Max let the spear of Ragnarok drop to the, drop to the ground. Everything was as it should be. Everything except Max's father, who still lay unmoving upon the ground. Max didn't know what to hope or expect. A part of his heart wanted his father to be all right. Another part hoped his father's reign of terror had finally come to an end. We did it, Max breathed, wiping away the ash from his brow. As if, as, as if in a dream, Max felt a shadow pass overhead and soon saw Azriel, his father's gargoyle, drop out of the sky. Swoop, Lord... Sumner into his arms and disappear through a portal. Sprig wrung her hands anxiously. No, her voice quavered. Max had revenge in his hands, but Max chose mercy. Max will be sorry. Max shook his head as the Spriggan sat down next to him. I don't think I'll ever be sorry, Sprig. I did the right thing, and I proved I am not like my father. Max yawned and lay back on the grass. Sprig purred as Max stroked her ear. Perhaps. Soon, Max fell asleep. Max slowly opened his eyes. For a moment, he'd forgotten where he was. But when he looked up and saw the world tree swaying in a warm breeze, he let out an enormous sigh of relief. Ragnarok had been averted. Either that or he was in heaven. Blinking, the guardian, of the, gra the guardian of the Codex found Logan staring down at him. Easy, grasshopper, the Scotsman said. It's been quite a day. Max smiled faintly as his exhausted eyes gazed across a field of lush green spotted with wildflowers. The paradise had been restored, the land made new again. Yes, well done, Kane Lundgren proclaimed with a rare smile. 
He offered his hand and carefully helped Max to his feet. What, ha- what happened? Are you serious? Ernie scoffed as he stood there in his agent Thunderbolt helmet, goggles, and lightning bolt t-shirt. You defeated a dragon and saved the world, that's what. Max looked around and saw the other griffins there as well, with Brooke, Kane, Throckmorton, Soren, and the remaining agents of Thor who had survived the terrors of the underworld. Then Max's scattered memories started piecing back together and his face fell. Athena, I'm sorry, she said Logan. Here, Athena's voice called out from behind them. All heads turned to face the female Templar, stunned that she'd somehow escaped the clutches of death. Athena wasn't alone, though. One arm was wrapped tightly around an unconscious Ray's neck. In her other hand, she held the Spear of Ragnarok, and a green portal flickered behind them. I don't understand, Max exclaimed. What's going on? Athena offered a weary smile. I'm just completing my mission, she replied, taking a step back toward the portal, dragging Ray's limp form with her. Natalia rushed forward, her face crestfallen. Is this some kind of joke? Athena shook her head, though she smiled weakly before slamming the head of the spear into the ground and pulling back a portion of her sleeve. Inked on her shoulder was the familiar mark of La Dracula's Order of the Dragon. No, Natalia protested. You can't do this. Wait. What? I'm sorry, Athena answered softly. We'll meet again, and then maybe you will understand. With a last step, Athena grabbed the spear and dragged Ray through the portal before it slammed shut. She's a double agent, Harley exclaimed. Natalia looked as if she were about to burst into tears as the ugly weight of betrayal struck her. Ernie just stood there with his mouth, wide open, unable to say a thing. Why didn't you try to stop her? Max exclaimed, turning to the Baron. Athena was under Lord Dracula's protection. None of us could have stopped her from taking the weapon, not even me. Let's all pray he'll simply hold the spear and ray for safekeeping, rather than for something more sinister. He would be a formidable adversary should it come to that. But for now, the day is won, and we can rest from our worries. What about Blackstone, though? reminded Ernie. He's still out there, right? Isn't he going to come after Max again? I do not think you'll be seeing much of your old teacher, Kane replied. We know now that he's a doppelganger, and we will be prepared for him should there be a next time. Then Baron Lundgren's face clouded. It is your father who gives me concern, he continued, turning to Max. Lord Sumner may never recover from the wounds he received today, but if he does... His black wolves are far from defeated. One army has been destroyed, of course, but your father has many armies. They will be ready when he calls. Will the Templars be ready? asked Max. Cain sighed. We can hope. It may take years to recover, though. Many have fallen, their fortresses destroyed. He stared silently ahead as if peering into the future. Yet, even now, hope arises. From all over the world... Templar families are gathering together. Side by side, they will rebuild from the ashes. Who can say but that the Templar may very well grow more powerful than ever? Cain turned back to Max and offered an approving smile. You did very well today, Max. I couldn't be more proud. And if Ivor were here, he'd tell you the same. 
He paused as he sat his hand on Max's shoulder. Despite your feelings to the contrary, Max, none of this has ever been your fault. You must know that your father would have acquired the spear one way or the other, and you certainly did not hand it over to him knowing that this is how he would use it. No, what you did, you did for love. None blame you. Max said nothing, but inside, he felt like a dark shadow had been lifted from his heart. Wait. The dragon in the prophecy was not the order of the dragon, but the dragon at the white tree. I think. Further, Kane continued, you risk your life to protect your father today, even after all he had done. Extraordinary. I would not have believed it possible. In that moment, you proved that mercy is greater than vengeance. And this is what gave you power over the dragon. Indeed, it is what saved us all. The spear did not fall into your hands by chance, my young friend. No, you were meant to save the world, as you told me not so long ago. But not because of your power. Rather, because of your heart. Despite all that you've been through, it's truly good. All of us here, every Templar, and each and every soul on earth owes their life to what you did today. No one said anything for a long moment, and then Ernie took off his helmet, scratched his ear, and looked around the glassy, grassy plain. So what do we do now? Kane smiled wearily and patted Ernie on the shoulder. What now, Mr. Tweeney? Well, I think it's time for us to end this chapter of our lives, don't you? I, for one, could use a vacation, and I could only imagine how far behind you griffins are in your studies. But there is one last thing that we must do. Chapter 29. My Max Wore a Dress.